0: Hey everyone, it's Rohit here from the Emoji Network podcast. I hope you're all well. I know I've been gone for a very, very, very long time. And that's because I've been busy with things. I've been busy with music, busy writing a book, busy with TikTok and YouTube videos. But mainly, it's because I've moved. So if you don't know, um, I've moved from my supported independent living accommodation, where I've been living for like the best part of five years. Uh, to my own flat so I've got my own flat I'm redecorating it I'm getting all sorts of decorations all sorts of knickknacks in ready for my new flat and I'll show you it pretty soon but it's a project that's in the works so I've been busy with that and been busy doing all the house important boring stuff that you would when you're moving home so that's why I've not been here but don't worry I've not forgotten any of you Um, I hope you're all doing well I hope you're all enjoying the sunshine i know it's been raining for the last few days and now it's been like why is it raining but that's what britain is isn't it rain rain and more rain (laughs) but it's been sunny and everyone's enjoying the sunshine which is so lovely to see and enjoying the football and this is what this episode is going to be about the rescheduled Euro 2020 final between England, it's coming, huh? it's coming. Now joking. <laughs> and Italy, and both sides have had their own success stories within their own rights. England, they've made the first final of an international tournament since the 1966 World Cup final between themselves and West Germany, uh, originally known or reformed as Germany now. And Italy making their first final of a major international tournament uh since facing spain in the euro 2012 final and this promises to be a big one one thing i've noticed between both sides is that they've had a family connection and a reconnection with not just with the players the backroom staff and the managers you know with gareth southgate and roberto mancini but also with the fans as well and the people of england and italy which is so refreshing and so nice to see england who made the last world cup uh 2018 world cup semi-finals and now in the final of this world cup so that's Final, final, not of the World Cup, the Euro 2020, um, I'm thinking ahead to the Euro, uh, to the World Cup 2022 in Qatar, and Italy have made their first brink since they actually didn't make the World Cup last year at all, they weren't in the World Cup, they didn't even make the group stages, and now they're in the final of Euro 2020, so that's a big achievement for them in itself. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to preview how this game is going to go, and how my 1-11 to 11 for both sides are going to be, because it is going to be an enticing game. So, I think it's going to go a little bit like this. Italy are going to dictate possession, so with the likes of Ver- Verratti, Barella, and Jorginho will try and dictate possession. What England are going to try and do is England, I think, are going to try and play on the counter-attack. They're going to try and play on the break, and they're going to try and ruffle Italy up a little bit. Uh, I think with the pace of Saka, Sancho uh, going forward and Sterling, if, he, if one of them comes off from the bench, uh, will cause Italy problems because Italy have an age in defence. You know, with Bonucci and Chiellini, they know the experience of winning, of defending. And with Emerson at fullback back and with Di Lorenzo on the other fullback back position. But what they lack is pace. And that's where we can re-hurt Italy. But with Italy, they'll try and dictate possession and they'll try and tire England out and try and hit go for that special moment and they'll try and wind us up by going down to ground too easily as they did against Belgium when they will just they were just the players would just fall into the ground like i don't know if you saw the second goal when in, insigne scored um but uh, immobile was on the ground for like a good few seconds insigne <laughs> picked the ball up scored an absolutely amazing goal and immobile seria immobile just Get, got her back up to his feet And just pretended like it was nothing it Was like Oh look at me I'm fine now Yeah Look at your yourself And I was like Oh okay I'll see how it is Okay so it was an injury after all i like No 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 injury I'm completely fine God healed me And I was like oh. But anyways That's what they're going to try and do They're just going to try and wind us up And I think need to be ready For any possible Course of action When it comes to England versus Italy In this Euro 2020 final Um what my 1-11 to for both sides will be. Um, I'm going to go with a 4-2-3-1 for England. And I think in goal we're going to have Jordan Pickford. I think he's had a great tournament. Apart from a few nervous moments. Especially towards the end of that Ukraine game. And then Denmark. He had a few rough moments. Jordan Pickford can be a great goalkeeper. But the problem is he can become very, very rattled. And he can get too. Into the moment he can get a bit erratic and make a bad mistake. That's the problem I have with Jordan Pickford. If he can keep just to keep a calm calm and composed head, someone like a Jordan Henson or like a Stones or Maguire, just go to him, just speak to him and just make him a little bit more calm and just relax him a bit because that erraticness could be the downfall of us of England when they play Italy. So, but I'm still keeping with Jordan Pickford, who's kept five clean sheets in a row before conceding to Denmark, of course, with a world of a free kick by Damsgaard. So it'd be Pickford in goal for me. Centre-backs, Maguire and Stones, no doubt. Maguire and Stones have been rock-solid at the back. Apart from the goal they conceded against Denmark, which, with the free kick, I don't think it was a free kick, to be honest. I don't know what Denmark, would, or what the ref saw. But they've been rock-solid, especially Maguire against Germany, then Stones, you know, against Ukraine. And then, obviously, they did well against Denmark as well. And they've just been rock-solid all-tournament. Ever since Maguire came in to replace Mings, he's been rock-solid. And, yeah, I'd have them in. Uh, Left-back, Luke Shaw. He has been an absolute revelation. Uh, Obviously, he and Jose Mourinho have always had spats with each other, especially after after Shaw injured his ankle, uh, I think it was his knee, against PSV a few seasons ago. And he had a horrific injury. And it was hard recovering back. And his recovery... And his redemption has been amazing to see because now luke Shaw is one of the best left backs out there dare i say it one the best left back in the world and a lot lot of liverpool haters are gonna be like oh no but robertson's better he's done this and he's done that yeah i know but i'm talking england times okay so deal with it um sure just been amazing and i'd have him at left back right back kyle walker sometimes as i said before in a manchester city shirt Just like John Stones can be a little bit erratic, but this tournament, he's been excellent, man. Defensively, he's been excellent, and his pace has saved us so many times. Like, I don't know if you remember that moment when Goretzka took the ball from um, Declan Rice. I thought Germany were going to score, I thought, oh, shiznick, they're going to score. Germany are going to score, Germany are going to score, Germany are going to score. But Walker got back quickly, and that's how Rice made that foul, but it wasn't a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. It's because Walker's pace got him back in that position. So if Goretzka got past Rice, Kyle Walker was there to cover up for uh, Declan Rice against Goretzka because of his pace. So he's been amazing all tournaments. So I'd have him in the uh, CDM positions. I'd go with Calvin Phillips. He's had an amazing tournament. He presses, he wins tackles, he can play good football and he can pass around well. And he's just been amazing. And on the other CDM position, I'm going to go with Jordan Henderson. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, but Henderson hasn't had a lot of game time. Oh, but Henderson's really going to back from injury." Look, I know that, and I know Rice has had a great tournament. But with Henderson, he has the experience of winning a tournament. He has the experience of competing in a final. You saw in the Champions League final in 2017, I think, uh, in Kiev, or might be in 2018, where Real Madrid and Liverpool played, and Liverpool lost with Henderson on the side when they lost 3-1, uh, thanks to a Carrius double howler with Benzema goal and then with the Bale second goal but then he came back and he won the final of the Champions League against Spurs the following year he knows what it's like to play in the final and he's he's captained Liverpool before he's got that captain mentality that leadership mentality we would need against Italy and he can play good football he can play forward and he doesn't play sideways and the passion about Jordan Henderson, something I love, and it's not that there's something I'm disputing about Declan Rice. But I think we need Henson more than ever in this final. So I'm going with Phillips and Rice as the two pivots in the CDM positions. Uh, my front four, I'm gonna go with Sterling on the left, who has had an amazing tournament after not having a bad tournament with Manchester City. He has shut down his critics, come back, and he has led England to the final. From getting the first goal against Croatia, getting the winning goal against the Czech Republic, um, getting the first goal against Germany, assisting the first goal against Ukraine and then winning getting the winning penalty against Denmark in the semi-finals recently uh, of the year 2020. So he has been amazing. So he has to start. And on the right, it's hard. On the right, it's hard. I want to start with Saka, but I just feel that Sancho... Has what it takes. I think Sancho has such bit of special. I'm not disputing Saka, okay? Okay. Don't get on my back. I'm not disputing Saka. I love Saka. He has been amazing all tournament. But I don't know. Something about Sancho makes me feel, oh, this could be his time. This could be a special moment for Sancho. Uh, especially as he's moving to Manchester United soon. And he might want to impress the Premier League by giving one of his special moments before they return to club football. So I think... He has that ability to do something special for England. And I feel this final may be the time to do it. So I'm going to go with Sancho on the right. And behind Harry Kane, who's going to be up top. And I'm going to get to Harry Kane in a minute. Uh, I'm going to go with Mason Mount. Mainly because Mount has been there um, from time to time. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why Mason Mount? Uh, It's because Mason Mount, I feel, can do a job. And I feel he may not be the best. I feel he can provide some sort of assist. Um, but I feel he can stop Jorginho from playing. Because what he has good, what he is good at doing at. Is he's good at p- applying pressure. And if he can stop Jorginho from playing. Like with Henderson. Can stop the likes of Verratti from playing. It will disrupt Italy's momentum. And what England need to do. Is disrupt Italy's momentum. Disrupt their rhythm. And all will be well. Because Italy will no doubt be forced to change plans that's what mancini has done this whole tournament he's trying to change things up that's what we need to be wary of we need to be aware of anything and everything that can come our way in this final but that's why i'm just going to stick with Mount because he started the last game as well so i thought why not i'm sticking with Mount. and obviously up top kane now kane had a bad start to this tournament right he didn't he fired a blank against croatia he didn't do well against scotland he didn't do well against the Czech Republic, and people were doubting him. They were doubting him towards the group stage. But then, but then, he got that goal against Germany. And what that did is that resided in a resurgence in Harry Kane. He then got scored two against Ukraine. And Igor scored a hat-trick with that tremendous volley, which was exceptionally saved by um, Bushan in the Ukraine goal. And that's when Kane was getting his... Uh, competence back, his mojo back, because the Kane I know picks the ball up deep when the ball is not coming to him, distributes a pass out to either Sterling or left back short, and then gets back into his striking position, in the centre forward position that's the Kane that I know, and he works for the team as well and that's the Kane we saw in the knockout stages against Germany, Ukraine, and then Denmark getting that winning goal against Denmark, and that's why he has to start, no doubt what anyone else says now I'm going to move on to Italy, Italy are going to start in a 4-3-3 formation, in goal is going to be Donnarumma, Donnarumma started every single game so it makes sense to start Donnarumma, Chiellini and Bonucci, they have been the art of defending for years and they have re- discovered the art of defending at such a high age in their pinnacle careers, they're both in their high 30s but they love defending, they know what it means like to defend. Like, they're not social media stars or anything like that. They're just high-schooled, old-schooled, quality defenders that will just defend and give anything for their national team. That's why they have to start as centre-backs. Uh, right back, I probably will go with uh, Di Lorenzo, uh, mainly because he's replacing Spinazzola. who used to play there. Actually, no, it's... Uh, MS- yeah. yeah, it's uh, Di Lorenzo, because Spinazo- Spinazzola used to play there, but obviously he got sadly injured. And Spinazzola... Had a great tournament, he was the most energetic uh, of players that I saw, and he was a great fullback, he could push up, and he could come down, and his energy and stamina levels were amazing, and he could even get into those striking positions which were ridiculous, and Solar has been one of the players of the tournament for me, especially for Italy, and it sucks that he's not going to be there, that's why with Di Lorenzo we should exploit the pace uh, of the fullbacks that Italy have, because they're not that quick, and we can exploit that to our advantage. On the left-hand side, we're going to go with Emerson, makes sense because he's been starting there for the last couple of games. Now, in the midfield positions, no doubt about it, Barella, Verratti, Jorginho. Simply because Jorginho can dictate the play from deep, sorry I'm losing my words now, dictate the play from deep, that's what Jorginho can do. Verratti and Barella can offer that attacking thrust, but they also are very good at defending as well. And with Barella, he can get into some real good attacking positions, as you saw against uh, Belgium as well. So that's what my three midfielders would be. Now the front three will be Lorenzo Insigne, I think on the left, because Insigne, when he can pick the ball, he can make things happen. And I don't know if you saw with him for Napoli, he scores some amazing banners, and especially those curlers, uh, especially that curler against uh, Belgium. And the one, I think he played a 1-2 with Mertens, a few seasons ago against Manchester City. And he scored that one. Insigne can create something special. We've got a watch out for him. And Chiesa. Who scored that terrific goal against Spain as well. Chiesa will start on the other side. So we need to watch out for Chiesa. And up top. I'm going to go with Shiro Marbula. Uh He hasn't done too well since the knockout stages. But you never know. He could score something out of nothing. He had a great season with Lazio. The last couple of seasons. And he could do something in this game. So... Yeah, that's my two one two elevens for England and Italy. Let me repeat them for you. So for England, I've gone with Pickford in goal, left-back Luke Shaw, the centre-backs Harry Maguire and John Stones, right-back Kyle Walker, CDM Calvin Phillips and Jordan Henderson, and then left-wing Sterling, right-wing Sancho, CAM uh, Mason Mount, and I'm going with Harry Kane up top. With Italy, I'm going with Donnarumma in goal, centre-backs Chiellini and Bonucci, Left-back Emerson, right-back Di Lorenzo in a seeding position, Jorginho, and the two CMs, Verratti and Varela. Left-wing Insignia, right-wing Chiesa, and up top, I'm going with Shiro and Merbler. What is my prediction? Ah, this is going to be a very, very, very close one. I think this game is going to go the distance, because both teams will give everything out there, and I think the final will start... Very uh, neutralised, I think it will be not all gung-ho, I feel that both sides will still get to f- like uh, feel each other, I feel that as if they're not going to be going all out attacking, and I feel that it will take a while for both sides to ease into the final, but that being said I think it's going to go into extra time, and I am going to go with a Raheem Sterling winner in the 119th minute of extra time with ha- with uh, not Harry Kane actually with Nico Barella yep, to open the scoring against Italy Harry Kane to equalise with a penalty and then Sterling to score a massive solo winner in my dreams in the final and that's how I think it will go down to a piece of genius from either side so England to win 2-1 after extra time But yeah, that's my prediction. Let me know what your prediction is for England versus Italy. I'm sure it's going to be a great, great final. And I cannot wait for it. It's coming home, isn't it? Or is it not? It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. I'll see you soon. Let's go, England. Let's bring home this trophy. Come on, England.